it's truly because you have a passion for it mm-hmm. and that it is doable and it is doable with a day job. You just have to get creative with it and you have to really get confident that you're going to call yourself the actor that you are, because that's how you're going to have to walk through life in order to have the success and the opportunities that you want. Hello, and welcome to the Grow Your Side Hustle podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to grow a side business into their full-time gig or a second stream of income. I am Jennifer Roland-Cadiente, your host, and today we're joined by Miranda Roldan. Miranda is an actress who you may have seen in various TV guest appearances and commercials, or most recently in the movie The Storied Life of A.J. Fickrey. Miranda is also a dental hygienist, so we're going to talk to her about how she manages both demanding careers. Hi, Miranda. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. So I invited you on because you have a pretty interesting mix of careers. You're both an actress and a dental hygienist. So how, <laughs> um, how did you get started in acting? Okay. It's kind of that question of like the chicken before the egg, right? Right. (laughs) When it comes to both careers, I've been a, I've been a performer my whole life. So in high school, um, and even when I was younger, like I did some of the school plays and I really loved them. Um, but I was a dancer primarily. So I did a lot of competitive dancing. And if anybody is of that world, um, and the moms that know what's involved there, <laughs> uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. So you have usually not just one dance, you have multiple dances, like group numbers and uh, solos and duos and trios. And there's a lot of makeup and a lot of scheduling and a lot of rehearsal. Um, but that's where I really found my true first love of performing. And I believe that it's truly been the foundation of my self-confidence today, if I didn't have that in my life originally. So dancing allowed me to meet a lot of different people. And I was a competitive dancer for about 15 years. I even um, went to college and was on the dance team. So if you went to a basketball game or a football game, I was there dancing along, cheering around the teams. (laughs) And that was a lot of fun. And throughout college was when I really got more involved in the acting scene because acting and modeling scene, I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh Um, I had looked for representation or looked in, I, I really didn't know much about the life at all. Like nobody in my family comes from a creative field at all. Uh-huh. So it was very much driven by my curiosity and kind of figuring out things the hard way sometimes. Um, but my parents were always very, very supportive. So in college, I started modeling as like a headshot photography model for a mm-hmm. photographer who gave classes who to people who wanted to learn like how to do business headshots, if you will. Oh, okay. uh, and he was like, I'll pay you a hundred dollars cash <laughs> if you want to, if you model like <laughs> once or twice a month and a hundred dollars cash to a college student is like, oh cool. yeah, <laughs> that was my time of money. Oh my gosh. It was so great. And depending on how well the class did, like how full it got. Um, you know, he may give me a little bit more, but it was a really, he was very helpful and his wife was also very kind to me and they kind of helped connect me to the like local commercial market. So modeling and acting kind of have this, uh, overlap sometimes. And I just started to dip my toe into it and modeling was fun. Um, I also entered into a pageant, which was new for me. I did not 
come from the pageant world either. And mm-hmm. I ended up winning. <laughs> I oh, wow. It was off of the first shot, like one of those local pageants. I, and it was, I wore my prom dress <laughs> to the pageant as my evening gown wear. Cause I didn't, we didn't have the money. We also didn't right. know what we were getting into with all of this. Uh-huh. So my mom's like, you're going to wear your, your uh, prom dress to, to this thing. And I paid enough for it. You know, we paid exactly. enough for it. You should wear it again. I know. I thought that was yep. a pretty good idea. And <laughs> I liked the dress. So I said, why not? And ended up winning um, the pageant, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I I thought it would be a lot more like interviews and talent and things like that. It was pretty much just like a tiny little interview. And then a lot of like fashion runway stuff. So I began to hunt for something with like a little bit more substance. I, I, I kind of, I think if I have a lot of respect for pageants, actually, like the Miss America line, like has a lot of scholarship and, and uh-huh. has it can go in and there's a lot of great opportunities there. Um, had I been, you know, had a mentor or something maybe to guide me in that way, then I would have done it. But I just was kind of like, well, I won. That was fun and yeah. <laughs> went on my merry way. But it did open me up to more, you know, modeling and local commercial opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. And it until- sounds like you got a lot of practice being in front of people and on camera, which are very different skills and very hard to master. Yes, definitely. I was always kind of naturally a social butterfly. So that part, the people part wasn't hard, Uh (laughs) Uh, but the on-camera stuff definitely takes a lot of class and a lot of learning. So I, I started diving into taking more classes, you know, really wanting to expand, you know, beyond even the commercial world. Uh and studied really hard and began to really love it. And I kind of realized that I really loved it and didn't want to do my other career, which was dental hygiene. (laughs) Uh Um, when I was, uh, I had like a quarter life crisis, I call it when I was 25. Um, I was like, I really want to try to pursue this thing full time. So, um, that is in our, our journey because that full-time, you know, desire definitely takes some maneuvering, Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. And so how did you pick dental hygiene as say your job to make money? Great question. So I was looking at acting and modeling as kind of a, that was my side thing at the time (laughs) as a fun thing to do. And I liked it and I made some money on it. So that's great. I made some book money, you know, with that, with the photography money, I could pay for my books and pay for gas. Um, when I was in college or when I was in high school, excuse me, I was on a path of either going to nursing school or dental hygiene school. I, um, one, I loved both careers, but I kind of had a little bit more of a, of an affinity towards dental hygiene. I had a really great dental hygienist growing up. Um, I also worked as a dental assistant in high school. Um, it was for, my mom worked at this dental office years ago and she worked as the assistant to our dentist and she has transitioned and did a whole different other career, but she's like, you know, that was actually a pretty good job, you know, pretty lucrative for a high school student. Yeah. You can be trained on the job. Why don't you go do that? And that's, you know, he'll help you out. And he was also like the track coach of our high school team. And he always kept trying to get me to go on the track team, but I was (laughs) dancing too much. And it was a whole, so I think he really hired me because he wanted me on his track team, but let's go. But I started, you know, I knew dental really well at that point, as far as the assistant goes. So it just came naturally. And I ended up getting into my 
first pick for dental hygiene school. And I didn't get into my first pick for nursing school as you know, it's very competitive. So I said, you know, that's the sign. That's the sign. Let's go and, um, you know, do this whole college thing. So, uh, what's, what some people may not know about dental hygiene though, is that it's an extremely flexible career. That was going to be a question that I asked. Okay. Uh, asked you because, you know, we hear, you know, the, the traditional thing is that people act who are acting work as a waiter because it's so flexible. Yep. Yeah. So it's so, nice to know that dental hygiene also gives you that. It really, I, I, it, I'm so grateful for this career. Um, it's given me a lot, you know, as far as really being the thing that paid my bills as I explored acting more. Uh-huh. Um, and I like, I liked hygiene because I could work, you can work part-time and make full-time money. Yeah. Who doesn't like that? Um, I know. <laughs> and, and on top of it, you know, I, I wanted to go to school. People don't sometimes understand that you have to actually go to school and get a license for dental hygiene. Right. Sometimes they're saying like, you know, they kind of confuse the dental assistant to the hygienist, to the doctor. We get confused all the time, but there's yes. actually three very different roles in the office. Yep. Um, but I love, I loved knowing how flexible it was and that you can also temp a lot as they call in the world. I nice. say freelance uh-huh. because I actually made a full-time gig out of freelancing quote unquote temping, um, in the dental world. They need, they need people to fill in all the time. And I really built my life around exploring acting through this ability to be so flexible because you really mm-hmm. have to be flexible to explore acting. Um, Absolutely. Most, audition, most auditions take place between Monday through Friday, 10 to like 4 PM ish. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some nighttime ones sometimes, but most likely, you know, Monday through Friday, the normal working hours of a normal person, Exactly, <laughs> which, is, which is why waiting and, you know, bartending and things like that are so desirable in the performing arts. Um, but I, I wanted to really explore and become a dental hygienist at that time. That was my only goal. It wasn't acting. It, it was just like, oh, that's for fun. My second was to become a hygienist and I became a hygienist like right out of high school into college. So I got my license before I could drink alcohol, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which, which I think back, I'm like, wow, that was pretty impressive, Miranda. Um, uh-huh. very hard worker, very studious, you know, and, um, was just glad that I got that part of my life out of the way early because it was, it was not <laughs> easy to go to school and, and, and study hygiene. It's, it's very intense, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like with your dance activities, and having a job and studying science classes, you've mm-hmm. been juggling since high school. Serious? Yes, that's exactly it. I like learned to time manage so early on from high school because my day would literally be get up, go to school, stay for field hockey practice until about four or something, then go home, shower, eat something, maybe, maybe get a little bit of homework in if you had time. But Mm -hmm. then go and grab my dance bag and like head to dance class for like six or 7 p.m. Um, And then I think I was in dance class like three days a week. And then once on the weekends as I got a little bit older. So I had a very intense schedule. Um, And I'm glad for it because I made a lot of friends. Right. But it also allowed me to time manage. So I felt like I could juggle a lot of things later in life because I was used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like those skills that you learned young are just continuing to pay off for you. 
I think so. And I appreciate my parents for, you know, always guiding me in that way. They, they taught my sister and I to be extremely independent one out of necessity, (laughs) but two, you know, they were very independent people. And if we wanted to do a lot of things, my sister and I had so many interests, like we never wanted to miss a beat on anything. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that though, like my parents can't drive us around everywhere. So I you know, was excited to get my license. And then yep. once I got my license, I had to drive my sister around everywhere. That's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, we were happy to do it. And I was grateful. You know, my aunt and uncle gifted me a very old 92 Dodge shadow car. Yeah. Um, and this poor thing, like could barely make it up the hill. Okay. Like it was <laughs> just meant to put around town. It uh-huh. didn't have any heat. Roll, the AC was rolling down the windows. I mean, but I was so grateful for that car because I wouldn't have been able to do what I could do and like you right. know, all, the, all the activities. Uh huh. So it sounds like, um, you know, your hygiene allows you to do auditions and I'm assuming take classes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I'm assuming that you, that you keep, keep your training going for acting. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, the career is very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Acting is not cheap at all. Um, so on top of having to try to juggle a flexible schedule, you also need to make enough money to afford to pursue things like acting classes. Right. Um, and to me, I was already working to in high school to help also pay for my dance classes. So me working towards my acting classes also came natural for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, a big pivotal point though, that I will say is when I made the decision to really pursue full-time acting. Um, I was working full-time in Washington, D.C. I had taken a full-time hygiene job at a nonprofit community health center. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and that was a great experience. And I, and I did it for a little over two years with the expectations that they would it would help qualify me for a government program that would help pay back some of my student loans. Uh-huh. Cause I went, I ended up going to a private hygiene school, which, okay. which was pricey. Private school is not yeah. cheap. Um, no. I could have went to a community college, but at the time the community college wait list was four years in. Oh, wow. And I'm an impatient person, Jennifer. Yeah. And I did not want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I also wanted the college experience. I wanted to go away. I wanted to dorm. I wanted to, you know, re- really live that college life. I didn't want to um, be home. And, you know, with my parents, I wanted to get out of my small town and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Looking back, I'm like, man, I had it so good. I could have went to school, <laughs> like not had any loans coming out of here. Um, but I don't regret it. And I was able to study abroad during that time too. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was really good, but then, you know, the, those bills <laughs> come in quick and I needed yeah. to make a move. So I, I went to DC, which was my first city also. Oh, wow. Um, I came, I grew up in a small town in, in Western Massachusetts and, you know, Boston was our big city, uh-huh. which I don't know if you've ever been to Boston. It's really not that big. No. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I, I was able to really sink my teeth in into the acting industry in DC. There was quite a few opportunities there and I started booking mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the moment where I booked this like investigation discovery series as the lead. And this oh, is wow. like, maybe my, I think it was like my first real TV audition and I ended up booking it, nice. which is insanity. Yeah. Insanity. That was beginners luck there. Um, 
And I remember thinking they gave me the shoot dates and I was like, oh, well, I guess I can't do it because I can't take the time off of my day job. Right. And I did have a representative at that time, the agent, and I was talking to her. I was like, um, I, I'm going to have to put in some time. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, this is the lead role. Like figure uh-huh. it out basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I had a really supportive like team and everything, and I was able to make it work. Um, okay. but that was the beginning of like, okay, we really need to juggle this if we're going to do this seriously. So I can't yeah. work full time nine to five if I'm going to pursue this job because, or this career, because it's, it's a doozy. Yeah. So after you decided, you know, that, that full-time was not going to work for you, how did you make that switch? Oof. So I began to try to look for people who were in a similar position as me and how they did it. I was so desperate for a mentor and Mm -hmm. I didn't really have one. And at the time, podcasts weren't really a thing. Couldn't really listen yeah. to anybody. It was more of just trying to follow these acting teachers, right? right? But also another secret is that there was not a whole lot of actor hygienists out there. No, <laughs> so you're the first really, I've heard of. Right? Thank so. you. Thank you. I've met several since, but nice. through like the community, which has been really cool, but we are a very small niche <laughs> and um, I just had to figure out this thing myself. So I figured when I went, wanted to go full-time was when my full-time job actually never gave me money towards my student loans. It was, I signed a two-year contract and everything's left up to the government. And the government basically said like, thanks for trying, but not you this oh. year. So oh, I, apply- <laughs> I know it was so sad. So I applied again, but you can only apply once every six months at this time with that program. I applied again and it takes about six months to hear anything back. So it was a lot of like waiting game. And if I had, if they had approved me, I would have been contracted to have to do another two years. Uh So I was really at this crossroads of like, I had applied three times at this point and was denied this program three times and no one could tell me why. And I Mm -hmm. said, I kind of took that as a sign of like, you know, I think I'm meant for more. Yeah. And I always knew in my heart, but I was always really scared to be like, Oh, but I'm going to actually pursue acting. Like this is terrifying. Yeah. No, it's scary. It's a mental shift. Um, really. And, and the only person who can get you through that is yourself. I had to start calling myself an actor and being proud of saying that. And that took a little bit of mindset shift. Um, I was really big into the secret at the time, like the Uh the book. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And there is another book and I'm, oh my gosh, the book is it's this time I dance by Tamara something. I, I I'll have to look it up, Google it. She was a writer like yourself who made mm-hmm. the transition from being a lawyer to a writer. And her yeah. book really inspired me because she did it and she had this high paying lawyer job, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she was able to like transition into the creative life. And I just remember being very inspired by her. I mean, like, if she can do it, I can do it too. And so I looked for representation. I did a showcase in Washington, DC, and I got representation in New York because there were some agents that came down and looking back at that was such a life-changing moment. I met one of my best friends during that showcase, Anna, we end up nice. being roommates in, in New York city when we moved there. 
Which you absolutely need in New York City. Yes, you need a roommate. <laughs> One is a luxury. You probably have like yeah. three. <laughs> um, same thing with LA. You know, it's not yep. cheap. It's not cheap. But I was young and it felt like college. And to have another buddy who was going through the same journey as I was, was really, really helpful. Like we really leaned on each other then. Um, but we both got representation, which we were so lucky, you know, there was only a handful of, um, talent that got representation that weekend. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm moving to New York. And if I'm moving to New York, I'm not going to be a full-time hygienist. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I got my license in New York and I started freelancing. And then because it's a city, there's so much, so many dental offices there. That yes. Made hygienists and that call out all the time and go to vacation, go on vacation and everything. I became the temp agency's favorite hygienist to call. And they kept me very busy in between my acting auditions. Um, oh, that's great. So I would book, I would book uh, a dental hygiene job on a day that I didn't have an audition. That's uh -huh. how I worked it. Yep. And sometimes I would have to cancel my temp hygiene job if uh, an audition came up because they come up very last minute. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just how the business works. Yeah. Well, you must be really good at the dental hygiene if you could still be their favorite when, if you cancel, because I know some, you know, some agencies, once you cancel two or three times, they're like, yeah, we don't want to work with you anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, definitely. And that's, I think actors just get a really bad rep from yeah. like, it comes with the territory, not because we want to purposely be flaky or anything like that. Right. It's like, it's just the circumstance of the job. And unfortunately it's very time consuming. And the way the industry works so fast is that, you know, everyone's replaceable. They can always find yes. another actor. It's a really big opportunity. You never know what kind of opportunity it's going to present with. So you never, you don't want to say no to that. Um, and it's, it's almost like, you know, the acting business can be a little bit of a bully. Like it's like uh, yeah. it's being on the highway, baby. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're just kind of like you're like okay, I'll make it work. Um, and I I think what at first I was hesitant to tell anyone I was an actor for that reason. Like I was worried mm -hmm. that they were gonna be like, oh, they're never gonna show up to work or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but I ended up finding being transparent was the best thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I told the agency that I was an actor and that I only planned on doing this, you know freelancing gig. That's all I want. Like call me and I, and I love, they loved me because I would take the last minute uh, thoughts. So the morning yeah. of, they knew they could call me and say, Hey, we just got a call in. Can you make it? And if I didn't have anything going on, I would go in. So sometimes I would have to like rush and get all my stuff together and like hop on the subway quickly. But they loved that because now the dental office loves the agency because they found somebody who will go in. And they just right. loved me because they knew that they could call me and there was a high chance that I would, you know, say yes. Or if I, if I couldn't do it, I would give them names of other hygienists that I also knew that were temping and I would help them, you know, I would say, Hey, I can't do it, but so-and-so can do it. And then I'd even reach out to those friends and be like, Hey, there's an office. If anybody wants to go in today or can go in and then you make friends and alliances, if you will. And, yes. you know, they would send me their people and their days and, I just, I, it was a great way to get to know the city. Like I learned, mm -hmm. I met a lot of people, a lot of people. Yeah. That. And I'm sure learned all the neighborhoods. 
Oh, for sure. Yep. You know, the neighborhoods that have money, you know, the neighborhoods and the offices that like, you don't ever want to work at ever again. And that was a luxury. Yeah. I hated an office or if they were mean to me or something was fishy and weird and I didn't want to go back. I didn't have to, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a nice thing about not being full-time mm-hmm. is, you know, when you, when it's your full-time job and you realize you hate it, you got a lot of work to do to replace Oof. that thing. It's, it's tough. It's tough. But I having, I know a lot of people tend to not want to leave their job because it feels safe, but they're they're miserable, but having been on the other side and having transitioned a good amount of times and moved different cities and take, listen, go do it. There's going to be something better out there. And I don't mean that from like, Oh, it's the grass greener. Like you have opportunities and life's too short to be miserable. Um, yeah. And, and I that- think mindset comes into play there too, mm-hmm. where if you feel like you're going to be moving into something better, you're mm-hmm. going to find something better. Yeah. It and may it, not be the first thing you find. Ex- exactly. And you, it may take a minute, but you may need yeah. to do that transition in order to find, find your, your forever home of your forever job that you actually like. Yes. So uh, I would say give them the confidence to, to look around, to, to try new things. That's how most people make more money is by jumping, you know, positions entirely. Yeah. You, you can jump by 10, 20 grand. So I think yes. it's smart. It's smart to do that and to open yourself up and gain more experience in other areas. Mm-hmm. Do you see a time coming when you aren't also a dental hygienist? I think about this a lot, Jennifer, and I feel like I'm almost there and I've been in the business. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. It is. It is. It's very exciting. And there's a couple of life things that have helped me get to this point. And I think that's important to note with our conversation, because I think there's a fantasy that like one day you just get that one gig and then everything changes and it it could in theory, but it, it takes time. And that one gig most likely isn't paying all your bills. I'll just put it that way. No. <laughs> um, but it could be the stepping stone, right? I right now would say that I'm 75% actor, 25% dental hygienist. Nice. I, which I'm just so grateful for. Cause I've like prayed for this day. You know, I remember yeah. being in New York city where I'm like, oh, I cannot wait until I get more acting gigs than hygiene gigs, you know, cause right. I, don't, I don't have to take as many hygiene gigs because the acting is supporting it. And it's just like such a beautiful thing. Um, so I don't ever see myself not having my license. Like I will always mm-hmm. have, I worked hard for that. It's yeah. mine. <laughs> no one's taking it away. I will maintain, you have to maintain certain like continuing education credits for it and everything, but yeah. I just, I feel like, you know, I really do enjoy that career from like a patient health standpoint and being an educator. Like there is a, there's a special place in my heart for dental hygiene. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've tried a lot of different avenues. I wasn't just a freelance hygienist. I've become a coach and consultant. I've done, um, I was a spokesperson for many dental brands. Um, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's actually, uh, if you go to the website for Crest and Oral-B, you may have heard of it. <laughs> um, they do this whole hygienist campaign and they wanted a hygienist and an actor. And I, me and my agent were so excited. She's like, this is it. <laughs> this is your dream job. Cause I'd always said like, how cool would it be to be able to combine both professions. Right. And they were doing a whole movement on recognizing the dental hygienist, which is, it's a big deal for us. Cause, 
Um, sometimes I feel like hygienists feel a little forgotten about, yeah. um, the dental world. It's either like all about the dentist usually, or maybe the, mm-hmm. like the, the hygienist is just kind of like that other person in between. Um, <laughs> so, so for them to really recognize us and appreciate what we do, cause we do a lot. Um, yeah not, you know, we're not just the lady who cleans your teeth. We're the lady who really takes care of you and advocates for you and teaches you how to have better health for you and your family and, um, prevent disease. So that it's important. But, um, when they were doing this whole, very wonderful movement, they're like, yes, we want a hygienist with on-camera experience. And I basically walked into that audition and I was like, say no more. I'm here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the on-camera thing is so challenging because, you have to spend the time to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you just took a normal civilian like me, you know, we're looking at the camera. We don't know what to do with our <laughs> hands. We, you know, we, everything sounds funny when it comes out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. It, repetition is everything, you know, and as yeah. you learn, like some commercials are great because you don't have to talk in them at all. And it's just more like my <laughs> thing. And then others are uh-huh. like correct where you have lots of lines. And um, I just, I've learned to enjoy all aspects of it. And I think that's why I really love the profession so much, just because I am a creative person at heart and there's just such a variety, like TV mm-hmm. film, there's something different every day. And that I love, 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 love. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's smart from a business standpoint to keep that hygienist mm-hmm. opportunity open, mm-hmm. not to say, you know, that you're not going to make it, but it's a fickle industry. And even if you get, you know, a series regular job, that series ends, it may not pay you enough to live on the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and you may not get cast again for a long time. Yeah. That you, you've really nailed it there. It's, it's unpredictable, which I love, but also hate it. So it's a love hate about (laughs) it. And you, you do need to have, uh, like you need to diversify your income. I would say that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing. Uh, I think the pandemic also taught us that a lot, <laughs> yes. um, you know, if you can't do one thing, like the acting industry was completely shut down and yeah. I, I relied on my hygiene job, but then my hygiene job clinically furloughed me for a little while. Right. Um, there were some offices that were open, but that's when I made my transition to become a dental coach and consultant. Um, mm-hmm. so it was like interesting how certain decisions influence you, but like I needed my hygiene experience to, to be able to do that. So, Um, I'm grateful for that. And I think diversifying your income is a super smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. I I always ask actors, like, what else do you do? And, um, my husband and I have started getting into like real estate investment properties. Um, we're looking at Airbnbs, like that's, you know, another source of income. Um, and I'm always looking for an opportunity to, you know, do something that I like, but learn something new. And then also hopefully monetize from it in some capacity. (laughs) So I think it's really and that's important. what I love about the side hustle world is that mm-hmm. you can always, you know, even if you're trying to grow that side hustle into your full-time income source, you can always be doing something else mm-hmm. to make sure that you're not reliant just on one income stream. Absolutely. And I think with acting too, like you become so emotionally invested into that career because it tends yeah. to be your passion, right? And so if it if you put all this pressure on your passion to make the bills, it kind of takes the life out of it a little bit for you. So if you have something else to help support you, it just keeps your engine running longer. I've been at this for almost 12 years now being an actor and pursuing this 
life because it really is a lifestyle. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> at the end of the day, you've com- I've completely shifted my life and in, in the day to day, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but you need to know that you need to know that it's a transition. And I feel like there's been a lot of different phases. So I was working a lot clinically for a while because I was living in New York city, which is very expensive. I had these high student loan debt. So working that plus trying to afford acting classes on top of that and just like living and being a somewhat social person, you know, when I could, um, and, and then I'll say that when my husband and I got together before we got married, we really had a big discussion. He didn't have any student loans. He was in the army. He's a reservist now. And so they, he had a lot of benefit from that. Um, and not having to pay, you know, for school that way. So it was just me, just me and my student loan debt (laughs) and how we were going to address it. And I told him that was like the biggest, heaviest thing that was preventing Mm -hmm. me from, you know, investing my money elsewhere. So once, you know, we made the pack to pay it off and I'm grateful for his help. It really was a team effort. And I I remember having actor friends who were married or, you know, with a partner or living, you know, in an apartment with a partner and I wouldn't call it envious, but I would say that I admired the fact that like they really did work as a team and that it was really financially savvy to live with your significant other. Yeah. Split costs and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, I can't wait for the day that I find my man. And I did. <laughs> Great. Um, and, you know, so supportive and so just so enthusiastic for me for my career, which I, I really appreciate. Um, but it was a partnership and we paid off my student loan debt. And that released a lot of extra money each month to be able to reinvest into other things, mm-hmm. uh, which also helped allow me to not have to work hygiene as much. So it was kind of like trimming things back, you know, and like pushing forward in other directions, trimming things back and pushing forward. Um, And so then once we got our other investment property, got some more income from that, I'm able to, I don't have to work as many hygiene days because now we have additional income. So that's the way I did it, you know, as far as peeling back. And then it allowed me to audition more because I had more time and I could take more gigs that were maybe you know, I have to be away for a week. I just came back from, um, a gig I did in Atlanta. Um, and I was gone for four days. So Mm -hmm. do that, but if you're still working or you feel like you have to, you know, maybe stay and do hygiene because you need that fixed income versus this acting income. Um, yeah, you have to make your decisions because no, you got to be smart about it. And there's no one cookie cutter system for every single person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we're doing something creative, the, the mindset and the, you know, you have to feel good about what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. when you're, you're worrying about money or, you know, all these other things, you can't be as creative. You're not as good at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel really stuck and it becomes a chore or like miserable. And you feel that energy. I mean, actors were, we're self-taping a lot. So I'm doing a lot of my auditions through my own videos, which I love, but Mm -hmm. we used to go in the room a lot and other actors, you know, prefer that. But if they could sense that desperation or that misery, in the room, like no one, they, they could even not be super aware of it, but they just sense it in their body. Like that unfortunately hurts you, you know, and your chances of booking, um, the best energy is to kind of go in with optimism, in my opinion, and um, gratitude, have fun with it as much as you can. It's okay to be a little nervous because that means it's important to you, but then like leave and forget about it. 
Yeah. And if you get called, great. If you don't, that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that seems like the hardest thing about the acting lifestyle is to be constantly going out there and having to just be dependent on someone else's needs because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not you Mm -hmm. that is not getting the job. It's that what you're showing them isn't exactly the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's, that's hard. It is hard. You have to, it's a business that they want you to be completely vulnerable and like, you know, spare your soul, like Uh naked almost. And, but then you also like can't care because it's a business at the end of the day and it isn't personal. It's just, they, you know, you're, you're a strawberry flavored ice cream and they need pistachio. Like there's just yeah. <laughs> two very different things. And you know, that doesn't mean they don't need strawberry ice cream for something else. So at least they right. saw you, they got a taste and then they'll bring you back another time. So I always see that as a win, no matter what, if you got called in, um, I mean, the, the percentage of you getting called in is such a lucky thing. Cause I mean, when I hear that, a casting director got a submission for one role. I think a casting director said that she got like 7,500 submissions. Wow. So 7,500 agents and managers and people saying they're right for this role. Look at me, call me in. Right. And from that number, maybe they pick a hundred, which still mm-hmm. seems like a lot. Okay. And then from then yeah. narrow it down. And when you would go in person, it would be down to like 20. So if you got in the room, you you showing up to that audition, I'll tell you that. And then also, <laughs> yeah. um, you should take it as a win that you got to meet them. They got to see you face to face. They looked at your tape, whatever it is. Um, so I, I try to keep that in mind because sometimes you do get a little bogged down though. Cause you're like, okay, I've done 75 auditions and I haven't heard anything yet. Like, am I good? Like, <laughs> do I need to fix anything? But right. You just don't know. And it's totally out of your hands, which some people can't handle like that. They don't have control mm-hmm. of their career in that way. And I'll be honest for somebody who's been so calculated, you know, I went through hygiene school and I feel like I kind of had it together for the most part to embrace a, a, a career that's so unpredictable and so out of your control is very challenging. Some days it's very hard emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you keep that positive energy? towards your career? I, I remind myself that I love it and that it's fun. Cause I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years and if I didn't love it, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't have continued with it. You know, I think of like <laughs> right. any other job. I'm like, if there was any other job, if I was like that miserable, I would not stay. So obviously uh-huh. I love it. I believe God put this in my heart as a calling. So I need to honor that because it's not going away. And then, yeah. <laughs> I, I also feel like a sense of community is really important. And that's why I love mm-hmm. podcasts so much because you get to hear other people's stories. You get to hear their struggles or just even their path. And that knowing that like, you're not the only person going through that is really yeah. reassuring. Um, I loved meeting my actors on set. I like, that, cause you spend so much time auditioning and and going to class and doing your headshots and then preparing to do the audition. Then you do the audition and you do more auditions. And then you actually book something, the percentage that you're actually on set, unless you're a series regular for like, you know, like Mariska Hardate for millions Uh of years and she has her own show and all that stuff. The percentage that you're actually on set is so small. So 
what are you doing in the, on the outside to nourish and fill your cup until you make it into that trophy moment of, yay, I'm on set. I made it. I did it. I booked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think talking to other actors and seeing what they do is really helpful, laughing with them. Um, and then if you get really down, I have found that a therapist is part of the yeah. actor toolkit, like starter yeah. pack for actor. You need to get a therapist, maybe a financial planner <laughs> uh, and then learn how to yeah. workshop, you know, like a yeah. starter pack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, and you mentioned Mariska Hargitay, yes. which is one thing I was going to mention is you always hear the, that, you know, if you're an actor in New York, you have to be on a law and order and mm-hmm. you were on a law and order episode. Yes, I was. You proved it true. You did your homework. Yes, that was um, amazing. I, I, it really does. It feels like okay, you're a real New York actor at yeah. that point. And I did get to meet her. My scene was with her nice. and Carl Weathers, who played Apollo. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, from Rock, the Rocky movies. Now, this is really embarrassing, but <laughs> I was so nervous that day and like focused uh-huh. on what I need to do and. It, that set is the best running set. I mean, it is a well-oiled machine over there. They, yeah. they really know what they're doing and they were so sweet. And she really took the time to say hi, but I had no idea that was Carl Weathers until like halfway down the scene. <laughs> like, oh, I had no funny. idea it was him. I just uh-huh. thought it was the actor, you know, he comes yeah. out a little later because the guest star actors, you know, they don't, they don't let them mingle with the others. Right. You know? Uh, so everyone's kind of segregated a little bit and, but uh-huh. he was so kind and nice to me. And it just, it took me like probably far too long to realize who he was. <laughs> and well, I've always thought that that would be the thing is like, you know, you see, you think, oh, I would recognize this actor, but if you're not watching them on a show or a movie, you're not expecting to see them. Right. You know, like right. you, you just, you know, then I just I'm have always thought I would probably, I probably walk by famous people all the time and yeah. never notice. I bet, I bet you do. And you know, cause they look normal <laughs> and they're wearing a hat right. or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really bad with names. I'm horrible. So I always <laughs> try to learn. I try to learn three names a day while I'm on set. Nice. Cause I do think the value of learning names is really important. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the crew works so hard and I think it's such yes. a thankless job sometimes for them. So I try to, my best to learn their names. Um, but also like names of celebrity. I'm horrible. I'm like, Oh, that person. I, <laughs> yep, I know that face. They're famous. Yeah. They're great. Okay. That my guy hus- from that one thing, right? That guy from that one thing. My husband's much better at it. So I'll like go to him like, <laughs> that person in that movie with the yellow thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll be like Miranda, really? Okay, <laughs> my strong suit, but you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh huh. And I feel like acting really has to be a community, or else it's not going to be rewarding for you. Yeah. It. It. I mean, you have to work together as a a tribe, yeah. if you will. And the crazy thing is, I mean, theater acting is so different from TV film as far as building that community. I think theater acting, which I have done and I like it. I just prefer to do TV film. That's my jam. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you know, doing the same play, the same routine musical for months and months and months you're traveling together. I mean, you're so close by the end of that project being finished, like they're lifelong friends and family and you see them every day. Um, very different experience from TV film where you literally show up to a set 
and nobody knows who you are, even though they're like, oh, yeah. you're that actor, right? <laughs> like, it's uh-huh. very humbling. It's very humbling sometimes to go on set because you think you're like, I finally booked this thing. This is so great. And they're like, yeah, who are you? Who are you? Well, who are you playing again? <laughs> right this way. You know, like they're just doing their job because it's right. faces all the time. And unless you're a big name, then then I think it's a little bit different. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm always yeah. surprised <laughs> with how humbling this, this career is. It's never as glamorous as you think it is. Uh-huh. Um, from behind the scenes anyways, but, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, you're lucky if they know who you are (laughs) and, and you do your thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and you have to build, like, you have to act like you have known each other for, you know, however long your characters are supposed to have known each other. Yeah. You know, it's kind of this weird, um, it's this weird experience of feeling like you're the new kid at school and you're yeah. going to go sit and have lunch and eat with these people. And like the series regulars obviously know each other. They've, you know, been working with each other a lot, but like, if you're going to go sit with anybody else, like it's a very awkward experience sometimes. And so yeah. you really do need to put yourself out there and introduce yourself and say hi and strike up a conversation. I mean, I'll, I don't care. I'll sit with hair and makeup. I'll sit with whatever person. And, you know, I can kind of tell if they don't want to be bothered, that's fine. But like, I try to, and I bet hair and makeup have the best stories. Oh, they do. They're, they're usually (laughs) like one of the friendliest on because they're so, you know, you talk to them a lot throughout, throughout the day that stylist, like those are usually Mm -hmm. your first friends on set, in my opinion. Um, other than your castmates, but like even your castmates, I mean, there were times where I didn't have one conversation before, you know, rolling camera happened. So yeah. that was really interesting. Um, <laughs> and you have to make it believable. Exactly. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, and there's a very high chance that you never see these people again. So it's a very weird experience. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, people always are like, oh, you mean you're not best friends with the, you know, the guy that you were on a show with for six months? And, you know, I mean, sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. It's just like any other job. Yep. That's exactly it. So, you know, they could be super reserved where they just like retreat back to their trailer or their, you know, their own room or whatever, and like never want to interact with anybody or they do become your really good friend. Um, It just all depends. It's just, it is really just like work. Like who do you vibe with and who do you strike up conversation with and like who's kind and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read Jenna Fisher's book that came out a few years ago? I listened I love to that her book. audio book. I love that too. Yeah. I'm so glad you read it. I, I think she did such a great job. I like to listen when actors come out with books or comedians come out with books. I get the audiobook because I want to hear yeah. it in their voice. And yeah. I know that they're telling the story the best way. Um, mm-hmm. So I listened to her audiobook and I thought she was great. And I loved hearing her story about, you know, being an actor in LA and her journey to the office and all of that. It's really cool. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are so many lessons to be learned um, from, for any creative from that book about, you know, finding your own way mm-hmm. and doing the work that it takes to get to where you need to be. And, and building that community, because I, you know, I, I remember her saying that one of the most important things for her getting that job on the office was being a good auditioner for that casting director, mm, you yes. know, and having built that relationship that, yep. that that person knew that they would send her on the jobs that she was right for. Mm-hmm. And that she was reliable and that they would call her in. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. 
That's huge. I mean, I so envy casting directors. They have to try to remember a million faces. I know. Um, and some are very, very good at it, but I'll say like, it is important and it is your job as an actor to reintroduce yourself to them. Cause especially yeah. after the pandemic, whew, oh, yeah. you, don't know, you don't know who's in the industry anymore and who's not. A lot of people left. So right. I take that as an opportunity to like reconnect, say hello. And a lot of casting directors will change positions, you know, where they morph mm-hmm. into a different type of position or, I mean, it's, it's important to try to be tapped into who's where and, and build that relationship. But I would say that since the pandemic, it is, has been a little bit more challenging to do that because everybody's working from home. So how right. are you meet these people <laughs> if uh-huh. everybody's home? So you have to really take advantage to the online community and classes and, you know, if, if the casting director wants to make themselves visible like that, I know from the actor's perspective, we're always very grateful for those opportunities to meet them yeah. and you know, show them our work. Yeah. So as you, you know, kind of look holistically at your different careers, mm-hmm. what advice could you offer someone who wants to make their side hustle work? My advice for people who want to make this work is knowing that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yes. And if you're only seeking fame, you're going to keep seeking it for a very long time because <laughs> it's not, yes. that's not why I believe you should get into this industry. It's truly because you have a passion for it mm-hmm. and that it is doable and it is doable with a day job. You just have to get creative with it and you have to really get confident that you're going to call yourself the actor that you are. Because that's how you're going to have to walk through life in order to have the success and the opportunities that you want. So if you're willing to make a lifestyle change, there is a community here waiting for you (laughs) to help show you the way and just to stay the course and learn as much as you can. Um, But don't let that fire die and you should act on that desire if it's in your heart. Yeah. And there's, it's so much of it is in your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's where so much of the work needs to be done. So much of it. And like, you can have, it's, it is hard when you don't have family who supports you or you have friends that don't support you. You don't need to share them with them what you're doing at the moment, if you can. Um, Or it may be time to start transitioning away from some of those people. I know we can't do that Mm -hmm. sometimes with family, but they can respect that this is a passion of yours. And at the end of the day, are they paying your bills? Like you're the only (laughs) one who needs to take care of you. Right. Right. So I also learned, um, one of the greatest things I heard and I love it because I say it all the time is from, uh, my mentor, Christine Horn. Um, she says, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone's got one. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it couldn't rain more true. So yeah. Starts. I know, and I've always heard the the second part of that. And everyone thinks theirs don't smell. And everyone thinks theirs don't smell. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna add that in when I can. I love that's so funny. Well, let me tell you, it gets real stinky. Okay, sometimes I know. Uh, um, everyone's got one, so it's not gonna matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, like whose opinions what. And if it yeah. if they make a big deal about it, usually it's because it's triggering something inside of them. And it's about them and not you. So maybe they also had the desire to pursue something, but never had the courage to act on it. And now you are, and that threatens them. Um, Yes, that's so true. 
it's important to be aware of those people and to know that you don't need to share everything with them. Like the best success, Beyonce says it, it's another quote, the best success is your paper. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, or, or the best success is just the results, you know? Yeah. I, I had people, I have a feature film right now that's in theaters called the storied life of AJ Fickery. It's a pretty stacked cast with Kunal. Naya. I saw that. Yeah. Christina lots, of, lots of people. Yes. So fun. And that was my first feature film that I saw myself on the big screen. And that was a huge moment for me. And even that, like, I'm so happy we had a great weekend, like celebrating it and it was fun. And, you know, hearing from the grapevine that like people are coming out of the woodwork, like what's, what'd she do? What's who's on? Uh (laughs) And I found that so interesting because I was like, so you're paying attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I'm over here just minding my own business. Right. And then doing my thing and it's, you'll, you'll get them. They'll come out of the woodwork, but you're not successful if you don't have both haters and fans. So just embrace it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's for yourself. And as long as you feel like you're fulfilling your dream, that's all that matters. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I have had a ton of fun talking to you and learning about your background. And I know that our listeners will, will learn a ton from you too. Thank you so much for having me. This was really wonderful. And I truly appreciate it, Jennifer. Okay. So um, before I let you go, let's tell people about your podcast. Oh, great. Um, So I'm very excited because I decided to start a podcast and keep the conversation going uh, with other actors. So my podcast is called the Balancing Actor Podcast. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we talk about navigating a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. So today was a really nice taste on that. You had some great questions for me, Jennifer, and I I'm excited to dive into with other actors that are on this journey with us and we're going to have a lot of fun. So that will be launching in January of 2023. Nice. And I think it's going to be a great resource for actors, especially those who haven't built their tribe yet. Thank you. That's what really what my intention is, is to keep the conversation open and going because it can be a very closed mouth industry. And I'm here to just help be a vessel in opening that up a little bit more. Yep. And you can find the trailer for that on, I know it's on Apple podcasts. Is it on all the other popular podcasts? All right. So you can subscribe now so you don't miss it. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead and subscribe and we'll see you in January, 2023. All right. Thank you. Our top takeaways from today's episode are to make sure that you remain flexible so that you can make both your side hustle and your day job work as long as you need to listen to the signs the universe gives you. When, you know, something comes through, maybe that's a sign that that's the direction that you need to be moving in. When something continually falls apart, maybe that's a sign that it's time to go in a different direction. Be willing to make a change in your life. It can be really scary to think about, you know, leaving a safe or secure day job. But if it's, if it's interfering with your passion then maybe it's time. Also, make sure that you are 
building a community within and outside of your side hustle. Most of us are not in competition, even though our society may make us feel like we are. Rather, we can work together to help build each other up and keep each other going through the hard times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes with other side hustlers and some experts to help you deal with some of those small and large issues that come up when you're running a side hustle. I'd also love it if you could share this episode with any of your friends that you think would be interested and leave a review and a rating in your podcast app. See you next week.